Kat and Veronica, how are you today? I'll start with Kat. Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you, Padre Paul. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. And Veronica, are you ready for tonight? Oh, I am <laughs> so ready. I've been just moving out of God's way. <laughs> and you did your homework, it sounds like. I, I have to tell you, this topic is just so perfect. I mean, when I when I first saw it, I just couldn't help but laugh out loud. This is this is perfect. <laughs> Did God have you in mind when He picked you? You think? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so, Kat, could I ask you to just open with a prayer as both Veronica and I and yourself just dive into this topic tonight? Yeah, absolutely. So, beloved God, source of all life, as we gather ourselves here, remotely yet united, diverse yet unified, we just humble ourselves before you and your almighty power. You know our hearts. You know our thoughts. You know our comings and our goings, the scripture tells us. You know everything about us, and yet still you love us. And we allow ourselves to breathe in this love and have a sanctifying power in us as we continue to open ourselves up, body, mind, spirit, to you, your presence, and your grace in our lives. May this call be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you, Kat. I'm kind of, got a, kind of going off course already. <laughs> I heard the spirit, so I'm just going to follow that. So I'm going to ask these two questions for both Veronica and also Kat. How would you describe yourself? Because this is the first time I'm having both of my guests on for Celebrating Life, even though I've known them for many, 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 many years. But yet for our Celebrating Life community, Kat, how would you say, I know we have the bio, we read that, but your rendition of who is Kat? What is, uh, say, your purpose? your love? What is that? Okay, well, thank you so much. The first word that comes to mind for myself is teacher. That's definitely an archetype that I really identify with. I remember when I was in elementary school, one of my teachers said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, You know, she went around the class asking all of us, and I was maybe in the fourth or fifth grade, and I said, I want to be what you are, a teacher. <laughs> and I said it with such fashion oh, that she giggled. <laughs> and as it turned out, that's not exactly the form that my teaching has taken. It's been more in the spiritual domain thus far. But really, the flip side of that is anytime we're a teacher, we really need to be an eternal student. So I would really yeah. identify along with teaching in a way being the outer persona as being a forever student and disciple, as really being the inner persona so that I have anything of worth and value to teach and offer. Thank you for that question. Wow. I guess you're not shy. (laughs) You just allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you, which I love, Kat. This is exciting for me. So I'm going to try the other one. Veronica, who do you think you you are? <laughs> who do I who do I think I am and and how would I describe myself? I don't know if that's there the same the that's same answer. Yeah. <laughs> I I really resonate I really resonate with with Kat's answer. I feel very mm-hmm. committed to my growth and evolution and 
I'm always learning and evolving and, and committed to confronting what works and what doesn't work and who I am and how I'm showing up and, and leading by example. I really believe the, the best way to teach is to lead by example. And so in, in my life and in my service and in my, my work with children and my staff, I'm just continuously confronting what works and what doesn't work and how we need to shift so we can continue to show up in service. For, for everyone and, and for everything. And with that, I, I'm, I'm pretty driven and I have a strong personality and, and my mom would probably tell you I'm pretty righteous. <laughs> but I don't know if that's my description. <laughs> we won't go there. You should read the uh, Hebrew Bible prophets, Russ. <laughs> that's, they're, they're like the ultimate righteous, uh, the righteous there ones. They're the original righteous. <laughs> well, and and that's yeah. why this topic is so so rich and valuable, right? Because when we have yeah. that that strength, we have a tendency to plow God's will with our will. Yeah. And so, being yeah. able to really recognize that and and shift it, and then move back into listening and surrender is is powerful and important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love what you said, Veronica, about being able to confront what works and what doesn't both individually. And it sounds like in systems in your school and whatnot. And cause that actually is learning to discern and get out of God's way. Right. Over and Absolutely. over again. That's definitely a process. Well, you know, we all have our archetypes and tonight we have two strong archetypes. I'm the weak one. You two are strong. But the <laughs> idea is to surrender so then the spirit can lead us. And I think this is the whole point of, getting out of God's way, or better said is get out of Padre's way for myself. And it's like sometimes I'm my worst enemy because I try to think mm-hmm. it through instead of hear the Spirit and follow that voice. But, you know, the question that yeah. I think is presented tonight is why should we get out of God's way? There's an opening. Either one wants to a- answer that question. Why should we get out of God's way? Well, first of all, if I may humbly say, Padre, I believe that your gentleness and the gentleness you embody is the greatest form of strength, but that's just my commentary, as they say. Um, But in terms of your question, I would say part of the reason that we ought to get out of God's way, I think I shared this with you through email when I first was given the the option, the opportunity to join Mm -hmm. in on this call. Immediately, I thought of Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 9. So maybe I'll go scriptural for a moment, if you all don't mind. Yeah, and just kind of start us off on on this note. And then, of course, I want to hear from you, Veronica. But in the book of Isaiah, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so in a traditional theological framework, and certainly a devotional one, the reason we turn to God, the reason we worship God, the reason we want to discern God's will, we want to know what God has for us and the world, and timing around that is because there's an assumption, a belief, a knowing, hopefully, that God is on a higher plateau than us. Otherwise, why would we want to cleave God's will, right? We could just do it on our own. And so we do have to have some sense of respect and reverence that God's ways are higher than ours. Otherwise, 
we could just kind of go off on our own forever. Yeah, I agree. And I love that quote. Early on in my yeah. development with my relationship with Christ, that was one of my favorite quotes. Try to live it out, that's another thing, but yet I believe that seed was planted in my, in my own soul. So, Veronica, mm. what would be an answer to that question? Should we get? Why should we get out of God's way? Yeah, the first thing that comes to me is because that's where the magic happens. Oh, yeah. When I'm driving the car, I might be able to get from point A to point B, but it's going to be a bumpy ride. Padre, you and I spoke last week or the week before, and I was joking with you that, you know, I, I talked to myself like, okay, Veronica, get your grubby little mitt off of this creation <laughs> or off of this, you know, vision, because it, it comes through so clearly, and then I want to I take charge of it. I want to take the wheel. I want to I control it, thinking I, I know what's best. And when I can witness that and pause and, and then move into the passenger seat or maybe the back seat or maybe even the trunk, then the magic happens. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's where, that's where the, real, the real grace comes through. And all my creations and my whole life looks nothing like I ever would have thought or wanted, but it is what it is because of that, that magic that manifests when I do move out of God's way. Yeah. Be careful, I Veronica, because when you move to the trunk of the car, that's the real death of the <laughs> ego, you know? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> I think I'm... <laughs> Welcome! I'm, <laughs> I'm in it. <laughs> I'll go for a ride. <laughs> yeah. For this topic again, getting out of God's way, one of the quotes that, again, that has come from my past, because I've lived through that, is, in 1 Samuel 12, it says, stand still and know that I am God. And I remember mm-hmm. I was helping a family member through their crises. They were being sued for yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to help them be strong. And, but that scripture quote came to my mind. So I planted the seed with my family member. And, you know, and it's hard when you have something coming against you that you feel is not just, but there it is. Mm -hmm. But it was like months and months that this lawsuit went on. And Mm. one day, one day, my friend got a, the post office, a letter saying they settled out of court. And it's like, oh, praise God. But the reason why I bring up Samuel is because it says stand still and know, meaning that I got the peace and my friend or family member got the peace of God. And so it's in those roots. It's in God that he got peace. I got peace. Then everything else is added. And like you, Veronica says, I need to get my grubby little hands off of this because, or my mind, because (laughs) I want to figure it out. But it's not that way. We go to the source. The source has everything. So why not? And I would encourage all our listeners tonight to stand still, like drop it. Just let it go. Put it into the hands of our Lord and see where it goes. But if these principles are there or these scriptures are there to actually plant a seed in each one of us. And so if we can get out of our way and let God's way have a form, I believe everything else will be added as the scripture says. So, Kat, what story do you have that maybe solidifies uh, the title of this talk tonight that you can recollect on your own life? 
Sure, sure. I'm happy to share a story. I have many. <laughs> I believe God has put one particular story in my heart to share. I do want to just quickly respond to what you shared, Veronica, about the metaphor of taking our hands off the wheel, because this was a couple of years ago, Padre, but I, I think you were telling me about an expression that maybe Padre Pio used. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we were engaging in a telephone call and you told me that one of your spiritual mentors taught you to just use the simple expression, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. Exactly. Is that Padre yeah. Pio or someone else? That was Padre Pio. Nope, that's Padre. Padre Pio, because I've used that many times since then, and it just came to mind. I thought that was Holy Spirit wow. when Veronica was particularly talking about driving a car, and I just remembered, Jesus, take the wheel. And it's like, oh, how many times do I need to say that in my life? It's like, unfathomable, <laughs> innumerable. Yeah. But I, you know, that's the human condition, Jesus. So anyway, yeah. well, one story that, that came to mind is basically about the time, this was actually in my early 20s, before, I believe this was actually before I had met Ron Ross and, and you, Padre, in person. This would have probably been about two months before. So I was, I was young, and I still am young, but, you know, I was really young. <laughs> May it be so. <laughs> but that being said... <laughs> But that being said, I, many women are like this apparently, but I've always had this tendency to be hard on myself. And really, I hadn't fully tasted God's grace. And amazingly, this woman came into my life who was seeking prayer support, basically. She was a friend of a friend of mine in college. And I won't share, you know, more details about her. I've been given permission to just sure. use the first name, so I will. But her name was Grace, and <laughs> ironically and perfectly, she taught me the meaning of grace, which helped me to have more self-compassion and offer God's grace to myself moving forward from that time a little bit more and a little bit more. So now I'm, I'm relatively good at it. But that being said, this is a really amazing situation. <laughs> this definitely brings us into the domain of the mystical or some traditions called the supernatural. But essentially, this young lady, she was probably in her late 20s at that time. She had already had one child with her husband. And it was an unfortunate situation where basically they were very tight with money. And on top of that, her husband was addicted to at least two substances. And it wasn't a good scene, basically. <laughs> And so sure. her friend, our mutual friend, told her, this young lady, I wasn't ordained, I wasn't anything, but, you know, I've been raised in spiritual traditions, Christians, since I was a baby. And it's just the word yeah. had gotten around in my friend's circle at, at school that I would pray for people. And so they basically said, why don't you get a cat and she'll just pray for you and maybe you can get some clarity. So this, I was living at that time in Albany, New York for a few months and before I went up to Rhinebeck <laughs> and I met you all at Omega. But long story oh, short, gosh. she came to see me in this apartment where I was living. And when she came, she said, look, we just cannot have the second kid. I don't think it's humane to bring this kid into beingness, basically. And she said, you know, I don't want to, but I'm considering terminating the the baby's life, and I'm just at this, oh. this desperate point. And so I felt a lot of responsibility 
especially given the cultural context in which I was raised. But I, I thought, you know, I'm not here to persuade her one way or another. I just need to humble myself and let God's will shine through. That's really my witness. That's my job right now. And yeah. so we didn't do anything from uh, acupuncture points to herbs or anything. I just literally just sat there and prayed with her and prayed for God's will to be done. And nothing really happened. She she thought that was a very nice prayer, and she left, and that was it. And I said, okay, God, it's in your hands now. I mean, this is all all I really did. And then basically the next day, she, she gave me a call, and I almost dreaded picking up the call. I thought she's going to tell me the prayer didn't do anything. <laughs> but right, right. <laughs> like, I need another prayer. I didn't feel anything. I didn't do anything. I don't know what to do still, you know. I'm thinking, uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> and to the contrary, actually, God moved in a very powerful, mighty way, which I personally had never seen before. And I'd heard about, but I hadn't seen it in my own life unfold. And she said, I just got back from the hospital. I said, oh, what happened? And she said, well, apparently about 11 or 12 hours after you prayed for me, I started having a miscarriage. And I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, I started having internal bleeding and I had to go to the hospital and to release the the fetus from the womb. And I was like, really moved by that. And, and she said, I'll always know, though, this was God's will. I didn't intervene in my own strength. I just we handed it over. And I said, Okay, wow, well, praise God, if that's God's will, right? And so right. that, again, taught me the power of God's grace. And then it does have actually a very joyful ending, <laughs> which is that about a year and a half later, I heard from her again through email. And her friend wrote me too. And Grace had conceived again after her husband had gone to rehab and gotten clean and he got a better job and they were in a much more stable and coherent place in their lives. Thank God. And anyway, so she conceived again and we exchanged a few emails. I lost touch with her since then, but it was a very beautiful thing because she said, my testimony is that not only did I conceive again, but my mother's intuition tells me that it's the same soul and this additional baby, basically, she's like, I think wow. the soul is coming through again. It feels like the same soul. And I said, well, this is something only God can do. I mean, this really is a Absolutely. miracle. And so yeah. these, these sorts of happenings occur so we can learn to get out of God's way. And that not only will it be a real occurrence and unfoldment when we do, but God really is mighty to save and restore and Absolutely. be there for us. God really is for us, not against yeah. us. So that's grace to me. <laughs> it really is. It's, yeah. You know, the scripture says God is the second chance, third chance, fourth chance. Like, yeah. We all make mistakes or errors, however, you're missing the mark. But yet there's the congruency of God's love and mercy for each of us. So, regardless of Absolutely. what we think of that if we run to the our Creator, we've got all things, and all things are possible. Love that story. And Amen. If, you know, your story is like you got out of the way. The only thing you knew to yeah. do was pray. Sometimes it sounds so simple, but yet actually it's that flow running through us. That couldn't that currency, which is God's love, so hugely yeah. done. Thank you, Kat. How about you, Veronica? Yes, yeah, my pleasure. That's a hard act to follow. (laughs) That was a a powerful story, Kat. (laughs) 
Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you it's the first that. time I've told it in public. It's actually the first time I've shared it. I've always been very private about it because I don't want people to misunderstand, you know, what happened, but right. it really right. was God. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Padre, mm-hmm. to, to answer your question, the story that is coming to me is very practical. And my first boyfriend when I was in high school, his parents were, he had a child, very, very young, and in high school, she was eight months old when he and I started dating. And I essentially helped raise her. And now she's 23. And and I call her my spirit daughter. We're still very close. But her, her time growing up with two teenage parents was very tumultuous, and very imbalanced. And I remember his parents were Baptist and were very, very religious. And a few times I approached them, you know, as his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend, I had no rights over the the daughter, but as grandparents, they did. And a few times I approached them and said, you know, you need to step in and intervene and and something, someone needs to do something to to care for this child. And I remember they would say, you know, they they kind of throw up their hands and they go, well, it's in God's hands. So we're not going to step in and do anything. And I was really upset. I was, I was like, how can you not take action on behalf of this child? And you just, you know, you just give it to God with no, with no action. And so Mm -hmm. for many years, there was a a distrust in my heart around just handing something to God because I had watched such, so much trauma in this sweet, this sweet girl. And, and, you know, now she's very strong and we joke that the instability was stability for her and she's an amazing young woman, but it, it was a challenging piece for me to overcome to find that the strength of that relationship and trust with God after watching watching this yeah. unfold. And so that leads me into my practical and, and rather silly story. But it was, I guess it was in 2010 I, or 11, I, I was looking to move and I had found this house a few towns over from the house, the town that I was living in. And it seemed perfect and it was beautiful and it was a duplex and I had my own yard and a big space and it was the first time mm. I was going to live alone and I was so excited and I knew the woman who owned it and she was giving me a really good deal, $1,100 a month for this big place and wow. it was included utilities and I was so grateful yeah. and she wanted, she wanted a year lease and I kept feeling very strongly guided to only sign a six-month lease and to see if she was open to that and she was. So sure enough, at the end of the six months, I was meditating and, and I heard God and my guide say, it's time to move. And I was like, no, what do you mean time to move? This place works and it's great and it's a deal. And I have my own house and I'm not moving with my hands on my hips. And, and I didn't, it was the first of the month, and, but I, I, you know, I knew that nudge from, from God and my, my guides. And so I didn't pay yeah. rent. And I just sat with it, and the next day came, and I same message in meditation. You got to give your your month's notice. It's time to move, and I resisted it. Now it's October sixth, October seventh. I hadn't paid rent. I hadn't called her. I said, I said to my guides and God, I don't, I don't have another home. You want me to just tell her I'm leaving at the end of October, but I don't have a place to live. And I said, this place is great. This place works, and it's amazing. And I remember vividly, I heard God say, Do you think this is the best I can do? Ooh. And I was like, well, shit, you know, that, if anything's humbling, that's humbling. I said, okay. So I called the, I called the, the woman and I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to move at the end of the month. Sorry, I'm a little late. You can apply my last month's rent to this month. And I thought she was going to be upset and 
She wasn't at all. She's, oh, no problem. That's fine. Now, what I didn't mention is in the weeks building up to this, the hot water had gone out and there was a sewage problem and they were starting oh, to wow. do construction next door. And so all of these little nudges were happening to guide me to move. But yeah. I was very resistant. And, you know, I had my grubby little myths on that creation. And mm. <laughs> I gave, you know, I gave my notice. <laughs> I gave my notice and I started looking and I couldn't find a place. I couldn't find a place. And the, the day is approaching the 31st of October and I didn't oh, have a place. And I went over to a friend's house who lived a couple towns over to borrow a dress. And I walked through the side gate. She was living in the downstairs you know, portion of her aunt and uncle's house. And I walked through the mm-hmm. side gate and I saw a unit in the backyard and the yard was beautiful and, and there was flowers and it was just, there was, a, you know, beautiful trees surrounding this little cottage and it was its own little sanctuary. And I looked at my girlfriend from college and I said, that's where I want to live. And she goes, oh, well, you're never going to live there. The guy's lived there 12 years. He's never moving. And I said, well, I don't, I don't mean that. I just mean something like that. And I remember I threw my hands up and I looked up and I said, God, you told me to move. That's what I want. Something like that. Whoa. And I, didn't, I didn't mean that place. I just meant the energy, the space. The, I mean, it was beautiful. Yeah. And, of course, I went in and borrowed the dress and to wear this wedding. I went to the wedding. And the next day I get a text from her. The guy just gave his, his notice. He's leaving in two weeks. Do you want uh. the place? <laughs> and I... And I thought, well, this is just too magical. I better go check it out. I don't know if this is right. And so I went and met her aunt and uncle, and we did a little tour, and I, we walked inside, and it was just this beautiful, it was small, but full kitchen, beautiful bathroom, little bedroom, oh, and it was perfect for me. And I, I couldn't believe it. It was like, it was just there it was. And I said, well, how much is it? And the husband, he says, well, it's $600, but that includes all utilities. I mean, at the time, I think I probably could have gotten 1800 for it. I said, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, and that is including all utilities. They thought that was a lot. And, and of course, I I signed the lease and moved in, and and I lived there seven years, and it was – it was a really beautiful space that helped me grow in, in in my life and in my work and while I was living there, I was able to save enough money paying so little to, to buy a house when I moved out. And wow. I ended up helping the, the woman cross over who lived wow. in the main house. And it was just, it was a gift from God. And it, it yeah. really came from that surrender. Wow, really that is that. a profound story, Veronica. That is amazing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I just feel the Holy Spirit's nudging of why don't we pray for um, people kind of in that situation, maybe they're looking for another place to rent, to move, or maybe they're looking for a job and they think it's impossible to put their notice in or whatever that might be. But there's areas in each one of our lives that we have that desire. But can we trust God? Can we say, let's get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit, our guides, lead us? And sometimes what takes faith, of course, it takes a strength and a trust in, I call it, divine presence. And so why don't we just place our hand on our heart as a point of contact and and allow Veronica's story to, it's already touched your heart. So it's just going to open it up for the more. If it's possible for Veronica to hear, to respond, and actually decree, this is what I want, God, 
let's put that out there right now in the universe because the angels and the guides are here to support us. The scripture says everything works together for good for those that love God. So you know that desire that you have. You know maybe an obstacle that's holding things back for you, maybe for your family, the workplace, relationships, finances, whatever it might be. So we're just going to say, come Holy Spirit. Birth something brand new in each of us. Open that door of possibilities. Shower us with your love, your mercy, your kindness. Let that miracle mindset just take place. Take a hold. Plant the seeds in each one of those who are listening to this call right now. And let the, let the heavens open. Let the door open through the name of Yeshua. I bless each of you. And may the joy of the Lord become your strength. But also may the peace that passes all understanding be your anchor point for today and always. In Yeshua's name. Amen. 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 Beautiful. And I know our listeners are enjoying the, the conversations that we're having. It is like sitting next to each other, having coffee, tea, maybe Starbucks. I have to do that after the <laughs> 21 days fast. But I'm willing, I'm willing to share life with each other. One of the quotes that kind of highlighted when I was preparing for tonight is in Romans 11:29. It says, St. Paul says, God's gifts and his callings are irrevocable. Both of you have mm-hmm. tremendous gifts, but sometimes we don't trust them. When we mm-hmm. have them, it's like, well, I can do this, I can do this. But when we let go, like Kat, when you said about, well, I didn't know what to do, so I just prayed. That was like mm-hmm. laying your offering on the table. And so God wants to prove himself, herself, however you see God, that God can open a door beyond what we even imagine. And same way with you, Veronica, what just kind of burst out of our mouth, <laughs> I want this God. That actually was a decree, mm-hmm. it was a prayer, and heaven heard it. But again, the, if you have low self-esteem, so, well, I don't know if I deserve it. Can I do that? But in these holy moments where heaven whispers, and all of a sudden, if we agree, because remember the scripture says, where two or more gathered than thy name, there I am, presence. So, yeah. so you agreed, both of you agreed with heaven, and it matched up for the miracles to happen. So, mm. so God's yes, God's love that's within you and I and all of us, it's irrevocable. So we can't run from God because God is omnipresent. So we just need to mm-hmm. tap into his, her presence at every day. To me, that's prayer, that's meditation, that's quietness. But however you position yourself, I believe you're going to hear more and more or that still small voice that says, do this, do that. Your life gets joyful when it comes to that. So does any of you have either a, a quote, scripture, a story to tell on behalf of as we move forward tonight? Yeah, Padre, I have something, two things. One is as I was meditating on the call and and kind of going through my Rolodex of of stories and experiences, I was uh, being reminded or remembering rather that I had seen on this church billboard once the the sign said, are you putting a period where God is putting a comma? (laughs) Wow. And I... I was just so moved and I just, I paused and I just laughed and I said, totally, I am. How often do I hear, you know, go to the store and then I jump up and run and God's like, I was saying go to the store tomorrow afternoon. 
<laughs> but I didn't even let the tomorrow afternoon come out because right. I heard I heard it and I take action. And yeah. so it's like a practice of being in that in that listening until we hear the ding, until God says, okay, now I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Let me finish the Mm. sentence, please. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's really interesting, Veronica, because I think some of that is also, if I may say, based on conditioning and personality. And ultimately, it boils down to trust, right? And some of us, when we're not completely trusting God, which is, pretty rare when it comes to us humans, but sometimes when we're not completely trusting God and that still small voice, we'll run into action. Like it sounds like you're like quick to act. And then for others of us, sometimes we'll drag our feet and we won't act at all. Or we'll, we'll go to the store in like six months and God meant tomorrow. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so, but either way, like regardless of our, what shall I say, our personality, our conditioning, our positioning in life, it boils down to trust and like being really precise with that guidance, right? And just saying like, okay, God, I hear you want me to go to the store. Tell me more. Or like, when should I do it? Or any other any other feedback? And that's part of that listening and discernment process. One quote I love is Psalm chapter 37, verse 5, one of my favorites. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust mm. also in him and he will do it. See, there's that that kernel of trust and it's not always easy especially if we've been hurt in our human relationships it's like okay well this person hurt me that person let me down so and so abandoned me or whatever now I'm supposed to trust God how do I do that right because similarly (laughs) to what you were saying earlier (laughs) Veronica it's like you saw people misusing this spiritual concept or law of putting things in God's hands. It's like, yes, we do that, but we also do need to take guided action eventually, right? And sometimes, similarly, yeah, we we haven't experienced restoration in personal relationships, so we're like, how can we restore or reconcile our souls to God? But that's also God's grace. When we don't know how to trust, when we don't know how to reconcile, when we don't know how to have intimacy, we just say, I don't know how to do this on my own, God, so show me, coach me, be my guide, be my leader, and God will show up in one way, shape, or form. That's the amazing thing about God. Yeah. Absolutely. If we express that that as you did, Kat, the idea of putting God first in a sense, I think all of us kind of then hold our breath. (laughs) Yeah, right. Is he not going to take it? She going to take it? Not so. Right. There's that part of fear, but again, I think as we, I've been in both ministry for 40 years, and I'm grateful for that because of, as I look back on my life, in the beginning it was all new, so it wasn't necessarily fear. It's just like I'm going to do this because that's what faith is all about. And then eventually, mm-hmm. when we stumble, we fall. And then we start to get a little crusty and I go, well, can I trust God? And then all of a sudden, right. self gets, gets in the way instead of, of just the opening for God's love to manifest. And now that I'm 40 years into it, it's like, I think I need to return back to that one place where there was freedom just in knowing my relationship with God was strong and trust that mm. beyond my own understanding. So, I mean, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm blessed beyond measure. I'm just happy to be alive. Trusting in our everyday activity can be a challenge for all of us who are listening to this call. I'm reread today 
Psalm 23, which most people know. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to quiet, quiet waters that stillness. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path. And I love that. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's paths that aren't right for us. So it coincides with Veronica. It's a period or a comma. We do have to listen. We have to, however you, whether you hear the voice, whether you have a, an intuition, you have to start developing that because each of us, I think, hear differently, feel differently for the present. Mm-hmm. Then how do you do that? Is there a template? Is there a practice that Veronica or Kat has that maybe can position a person as a template because maybe they're struggling with listening and hearing? And what would you offer mm-hmm. them as a process? Yeah, well, it's funny. What, what's coming to me is it's a, it's so silly, but it's this visualization that I often do and I, I do with clients and students. And I just imagine a, a basket out in front of me, a big basket, and anything that I'm I'm struggling with or I'm wanting or I'm confused about or I'm upset about, I I put in that basket and I just imagine a hot air balloon or just pulling it up or the basket just floats up and away and, and it goes to God and, and it's held and healed and and transformed. And sometimes the basket floats back down to me and there's maybe one or two next steps in it. Sometimes it's empty. Sometimes the basket doesn't return. And and all of that is, is okay, right? It's it's about again just moving out of the way yeah. and letting it yeah. be letting it be what it needs to be. And Padre, mm-hmm. I was I've also been guided to just share Proverbs three, five through eight, if that's all right. Sure. It's wisdom's guidance. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart wow. rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you mm-hmm. in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all, for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. Wow. Mm. That's rich. So rich. What I would ask our listeners, if you're unfamiliar with scriptures or people's quotes, that type of thing, and you don't really have a practice, I would invite you to take these quotes, look them up, write them down, and make that part of a daily remembrance because what I've learned in the prayer and healing ministry is what I put into my heart, my soul, my mind, then God can recall it at any given moment. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I know that scripture quote. Well, because it was an anchor point for you. And so if it's within us, and it is, in the spirit, all of a sudden it can be used to bless another person, bless myself when God brings that to my memory because I know God wants to bring me comfort. He wants to bring me healing. He wants to bring me peace because when my mind starts to stir (laughs) and I'm trying to figure it out, and then all of a sudden, oh, God's peace, God's rest. And it's like, I want to go there. So, And that would be helpful if you don't have a spiritual practice. And I love that concept of the the hot air balloons with a little basket and put your stuff Mm -hmm. in it. I use that Jerry Jampolsky, love is letting go of fear. He used that concept, but it was about unforgiveness. And so, trust me, my basket was full. (laughs) It couldn't barely (laughs) get off the ground. But I love it. But it's, it's something tangible because it takes it out of my mind, but it also, then you call it, turn it over. Then you release it. 
And then the Holy Spirit has the chance to make the cookie pass great for all of us. So these are great stories that all of you are sharing tonight. Really love the conversation we're having. One thing that I was going to share earlier, and thank you, and likewise, I love this conversation too. I, I truly hope that it's blessing the listeners as well. One spiritual practice that has really helped me to, I was kind of joking about death of the ego earlier, but that is real <laughs> on the other hand. And often it's sort of this gradual erosion of the ego, though some people really do go through a dark night of the soul. So that varies. But all of that to say is, one practice that starts to erode at the ego and helps us to become closer to God and hear God more is what Brother Lawrence of the Catholic tradition calls practicing the presence of God or what he called practicing the presence of God, right? And it's really simple. It's just knowing that God is with you and working through you, whatever you're doing. And so it doesn't have to be that big. You could be washing the dishes. You could be taking your dog for a walk. You could be hugging your loved one, but it's not you who's doing it. It's God moving through you. There's actually a beautiful quote about this by Paramahansa Yogananda. What is important is to do the will of him who sent you. That is what you want. Mm -hmm. While you do your part, think all the time that God is working through you. I love that. While you do your part, think all the time that God is working through you. And that way, when we do something terrific, too, we can't fully take credit for it. That's really healthy for the ego. It's like, well, you did a pretty good job, but that was actually basically God moving through you. you know? yeah. <laughs> and that keeps us yeah. close to God. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Those are you beautiful quotes. Oh, I was just going to say that's perfect. One of my daily prayers is thank you, God, for making me a tool through which you do your work. And it's just a mantra mm, that beautiful. I often come back to. And it just, mm. Kat, that so aligns with, with that daily mantra <laughs> I, I say with myself. Wow. Yeah, it's so gorgeous. I mean, I often think in our society, in large part, especially American culture, it's really success is about what you do and what you accumulate, what you have to show for it. But there's actually a quote by Martin Luther King Jr., Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., apropos or appropriate for today, yeah. that really focuses on success being doing God's will. And this actually, this quote came to me, I believe it was yesterday in my preparations for this course, and it literally popped up out of the screen. And I thought, I've got to share that tomorrow. I didn't even realize <laughs> initially that it's Today is MLK Day. The first thing that I realized that was auspicious about today, even though I have great respect and reverence for MLK Day, but the first thing that I realized about the 17th, based on my religious upbringing, was that today is actually the feast day of St. Anthony of the Desert, one of the early desert fathers oh, who was a yeah. monastic. Yeah, he's like the founder yeah. of Western monasticism in yeah. a way. And today yeah. is his feast day in the Orthodox Church. He's sometimes called St. Anthony the Great or St. Anthony of the Desert or of Alexandria. But we're celebrating a few great luminous souls <laughs> this evening. Absolutely. But anyway, this quote is from Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., so I still believe that standing up for the truth of God is the greatest thing in the world. This is the end of life. And my interjection, again, is actually this is what's successful. Back to his quote, this is the end of life. The end of life is not to be happy. The end of life is not to achieve pleasure and avoid pain. 
the end of life is to do the will of God, come what may. That's powerful, mm. right? The end of life is to do the will of God, come what may. That's really getting wow. out of God's way, if you ask me. <laughs> there it is. <sighs> oh my I mean, to the point of martyrdom, hopefully most of us won't experience that fate, but he really is saying, like, put it all out there, put it on the line, because success in the highest sense is doing the will of God. Yeah. Many of us are familiar with Dr. Martin Luther King's his life, what he did for the movement. But if you go deeper in his own spirituality, he really died to himself. And so he was fearless because yeah. he had now the peace of God. It's like, well, if dying is a problem, I'm, I'm dead already in a sense because I know where my source mm-hmm. comes from. And if each of us right. can apply that principle to our own life, I believe our stresses would go down, our anxiety would go down, and we fear mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in our lives. But he reached that place where God is my source. And so he's mm-hmm. going to walk, he's going to march, he's going to protest, but he's, he did it to free other people up because he himself found freedom in God. And mm-hmm. it's like, what a, what a blessing that has been here in the United States. And so happy we get to celebrate that today, his life, his legacy. Uh, he was a true leader, spiritual leader to so many. Yeah, and gosh, you bring up such a profound point, Padre Paul, and I've looked at his life in secular context, and I've looked at it in spiritual context, and I've looked at it in particularly Christian contexts that are grounded in Scripture. But what what really just came to mind when you said that is he came from a place of inner freedom, inner liberation, connection to source, as you aptly said. And from that right. place of freedom, he acted out in the outer world toward the end of physical freedom, right? Dismantling mm, yeah. systemic racism, structural racism. But he had already rooted himself in freedom internally, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. a very spiritual concept because Often in my life, when I've tried to find freedom around something in the outside world, but I'm not grounded in God's freedom in the, on the inside, it doesn't go so well. <laughs> it's like I just get pushed back. It's like I'm not really getting the outcomes I'm looking for. But if I go to the inner liberator, right, like one of the most beloved de- depictions of Christ is Christ the liberator. If we go to that source, that wellspring, and then we act in the world in a balanced and nonviolent way, then it's more likely to bear good fruit, right? And so that's a really powerful principle. Hmm. I'll meditate on that. That's that's powerful. (laughs) It is powerful. What comes to my mind is Gandhi, of Mm -hmm. his inner strength. He was one of, you're not going to fight. He he doesn't resist anything. But it only came from Mm -hmm. that inner freedom that him and his God was one in the same. And so even like St. Teresa of Calcutta, her determination mm-hmm. of feeding the poor and just and the dying, she, had, she was single-minded, even though the conditions were hard, but she saw the Christed light in each person that she cared for, regardless of yeah. what society was saying. And it's like, I know, I don't say they're extreme, but thank God to me they're saints or sages. Because they've gone before us. They they created a pathway for each of us to uh, recognize maybe the walk, maybe 10% of their truth. And if we just start collecting them from 
those icons that we honor and maybe pray to, so to speak, or look for their guidance, that we too yeah. can let go of ourselves and allow God's grace to manifest in his or her presence whenever needed. And Pastor, hopefully it's on a daily basis, not just on call, a retreat, visiting an ashram. We're, we're being positioned, and I think even in our last two years here in the United States or around the world, because of this pandemic, to, to me it's pathetic in a sense, because what mm-hmm. it shows us is our own willingness to go beyond the natural in a sense. And so we have to mm-hmm. rise above this, call it chaos, conditioning, perception, whatever it might be, and break through to the higher realms where God's realm is, or through the inner world, which is our spirit, which is God and I are one. God and I are Mm -hmm. of the emanation of light. So when we pray for those on this call, and for your friends and family and neighborhoods, your workplace, children, whatever situation you find yourself into, we really do want to tap into this presence. And as you listen, as you turn your heart towards these prayers, that I'll start with Kat and then Veronica, and then I'll finish up, is we're attuning ourselves to get out of God's way and allow grace now to fill that void and trust that inner knowing that God and I are one. So with that being said, Reverend Pat, would you offer prayers for our participants tonight? Yes, absolutely. It's an honor to do so. And before I begin, if I just may also respond, we have another one, in my humble opinion, in our cloud of witnesses. I don't think he's been officially canonized, but Archbishop Desmond Tisu is someone who I feel an affinity Uh, for, a connection to, yeah, and just his crossing over recently has actually helped me to feel closer to him in the spirit, and I remember often you've said healing events, tuning into that cloud of witnesses, and it's getting thicker and thicker, so that's a good thing. (laughs) So so we celebrate that in his life as well, as well as MLK's life this evening. So, beloved God, source of love, source of life, source of liberation, source of forgiveness and justice, peace and reconciliation, nonviolence, but also firmness, being ever attuned to your will, and how to first connect to you and then do our best to fight the good fight on the outside drama. We come to you this evening. We ask that anything that's oppressing anyone on this phone call or even their loved ones, even their family members or their chosen family members, we ask that they please be released from these forms of oppression, not only in the natural world but in the supernatural world. I now declare and decree in the mighty, holy name of Jesus that any demonic presences, any adverse spirits, any spirit attachments, any spirits of infirmity, any spirits of powerlessness, any spirits of addiction, any spirits of weakness, any spirits of self-harm, any spirits of despair, now be cleared and released in the holy name of Jesus. Jesus, you are quick to save us. You are mighty to heal and redeem us. And I declare peace and healing, shalom, light, 
through and around everyone, again, on this call or connected indirectly to this call. We also ask for the healing and restoration of relationships. We also ask for self-forgiveness for people listening. I see people who, like me in the past, were extremely hard on themselves or maybe still are. So we ask for a softening of hearts, God, not only toward others or uh, figures in the world. Please give us the strength to forgive those who do not please us, Lord, but also the strength to forgive ourselves so that we can walk with grace and mercy on the inside and then naturally extend it outward on the outside as a natural byproduct of being connected to you, God. We say thank you. We praise you. We exalt you. We magnify your name because all of these shifts and all of these miracles are coming directly from you. And God's holy, beautiful name, we now pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Kat. That was beautiful. Oh, my pleasure. How about you, Veronica? Thank you, God, Holy Spirit, Raphael guides, angels, ascended masters for healing the part of us that wants to take control, that finds safety in the gripping and the grasping. Thank you for healing the mind, the intellect, the ego, for melting all aspects and elements of our lives, our history, our karma, and personality that cause us to get in the way of God, that cause us to get in the way of God's work. Thank you for healing our personal agendas that we place with higher importance than the whole Thank you for healing us into fullness and grace and surrender. And thank you for making each of us a tool through which you do your work. Amen. 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 These are very clear and motivational prayers. I just love the the atmosphere that's being tempered right now in your home, Mm -hmm. in your heart, as we place our hand on our hearts. And two other people that I am reminded of, of uh, Padre Ron Roth, who that he would pray for all those that ask him for prayer. So if you're struggling with mm. something, pray to Padre Ron Roth because he's there for you. And the one soul that just passed away is Betty White. She brought such mm-hmm. joy to millions of people. Her simplicity, her honesty, and just her humor, that can open up a door like never before. So Holy Spirit, we just say thank you for these marvelous souls who continue to do the work on the other side. We thank you for each of our spirit guides, our our saints, our sages, our gurus, those and angels who have promised to be with us and never forsake us. I thank you, God, for the healing of fear. Those who are still, quote, stuck in whatever area that seems to be blocked for them or to have fear of stepping out. I just want to break that spirit in the name of Jesus over your life over your conditions, and I thank you, God, for the healing of any addictions in the name of Jesus, where we all struggle with something, and but God is the God of miracles. So I just decree that mighty, the angels are being released now through the Father's love, for the Father's mercy. So I say, come kingdom of God, be done will of God which means or which translates into the the light beings, the angels are now assisting for your benefit to heal, to restore, to renew, and to respond to the graces of God. I thank you, God, for your living presence here on earth. I thank you, God, for people who have problems with their lungs and their heart. Mm -hmm. I just say, come Holy Spirit. Let the lightnings of heaven, anyone who has 
fluid problems like building up a fluid in the body. I just decree the, the very balm of the Holy Spirit. Just become a, a soft wind that begins to now just melt away all the fluids right now. The spirit of arthritis, I break its hold over bodies, over emotions in the name of Jesus. In diabetes, I break its hold. Come, Holy Spirit. The spirit of death that somehow cripples our organs, our body, in the name of Jesus, set them free. And let the holiness of God, the tenderness of God, begin to now to minister to each of you. As the atmosphere changes in your home, so does it in your hearts. As I say, behold the glory of God, the great I am presence, the visitations to happen. And I seal in the good work of the Holy Spirit in your life, our lives, and those who will be listening to this call in the future. So I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Bless you. Well, thank you, Veronica. Thank you, Kat. Thank you, Pat, for taping us. Thank you, Mary Kay, Mm -hmm. for communications throughout our ministry. I thank each of you for tuning in tonight. Yeah, because this is going to be special. Thank you, Padre. Well, you're welcome. But it's a joy for me to host this, and we'll have to do it again. I love our conversations of the heart. Beautifully done. Yes. Namaste, everyone. What a joy.